Let's conclude this series of teachings on what the Bible calls the Beatitudes. I've tagged them for these last eight weeks, uh, the best attitude. Let's go again to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And let's see what the word has to say to us tonight. Matthew 5, verse 12. Rejoice. And be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This verse is really uh, the conclusion to the eighth beatitude, uh, which appears in verse. 10 and 11. It's the only one that um, takes up two verses. Let's just review and leap into verse 12. Remember last week we said a lot about uh, persecute, persecuted. In the New Testament, Persecute or persecuted carries the idea of inflicting suffering on people who hold beliefs that the establishment frowns on. It's the idea of you're being the object of someone's scorn, insult, reviling because you dare to go against the grain. This is what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Persecution for the sake of righteousness. Now, people may suffer for doing evil, but such suffering is punishment, not persecution. I mentioned that last week. However, when it comes to the cause of Christ and the claims of the kingdom, uh, the type of conduct appropriate for those who have been given right standing before God, we should expect to undergo persecution. The godly in this world don't get through life without being persecuted at and to some degree. Now, across the years, I've posed questions either in my preaching or in my teaching relative to being the persecuted. The question sometimes I've posed is this. When's the last time you got into trouble for being a Christian? Another question I've uh, posed across the years of preaching and teaching is this. If you were arrested for being saved and the case went to trial, would there be enough evidence 
to find you guilty as charged or would you be set free due to a lack of evidence? Something to think about. You ought to preach that someday, Judge Reverend Nolan. If there was evidence presented, would it be sufficient to get a guilty verdict that you are a child of God standing for righteousness, persecuted for righteousness' sake? Jesus says, for my name's sake, because of me, not just because we are criticized, but does holiness, does sanctification get us into trouble? Now, step into the first century church. There was the move to return the people to the law of Moses as expounded by the Pharisees and Sadducees their interpretation, their bylaws, not based in the law. So here comes Jesus, who says, I've come to fulfill the law, give it clarity, give it completeness, give it comprehension so that you'll understand the will and way of God. So when you got an old system, determined to stay alive, and a new system of a superior and better way, you got a collision waiting to happen. And that's what happened in the years following Jesus's earthly ministry and the early decades of the church. Folk were hauled off and jailed. Folk were fed to lions in the arena. Uh, folks' basic livelihood was ripped from under them. People were forced to leave their homeland, all because of righteousness' sake. So Jesus says, when believers are persecuted for his name's sake, because of him. Listen to what he says in verse 12. They should rejoice. Freedom teacher Marsha Reed defined joy this summer in the summer snippet series about the fruit of the spirit as inner gladness not based upon external circumstances, inner gladness where one finds contentment and one finds sufficiency in God. So Jesus says, when all of this happens to you because you dare stand for God, he says, rejoice. Not just have joy, but re-joy. Joy is gladness. Re-joy means 
be very glad. Do it again. It's not the first time as a believer that you've experienced joy. Now, this is amazing that when we find ourselves at the end of the whipping stick, uh, far from being despondent and depressed, saddened or enraged, we are to draw from the fruit of the Spirit in our lives called joy and have an increased expression of it. Rejoice. Only a believer indwelt by the Spirit can rejoice. And we're told to rejoice for two reasons. First one, because great is the reward in heaven. Jesus is actually calling upon believers to keep in view what we got coming when this life is over. From day one, these are early instructions to his disciples. He wants them to take that first step, that first day of teaching, that first day of shedding the gospel. He wants them to take that first step, thinking about heaven. Isn't that something? We tend to make heaven thoughts the possession and the pastime of our later years. But if you are a believer, even in your teens or in your 20s, you ought to start thinking about when this life is over. Jesus calls on us to keep in view what we got coming. Down yonder in the south, in the days of slavery, brutality, beaten and treated like animals or inferiors and inferiors, our foreparents made it through sufferings because of the promise in verse 12, great is your reward in heaven. Not compensation, but reward. So our people created a whole repertoire of lyrics talking about heaven. I got shoes. You got shoes. All God's children got shoes. When I get to heaven, going to put on my shoes, going to walk all over God's heaven. Soon I will be done with the troubles of this world, going home to live with the Lord. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Great is their reward in heaven. So we work here 
But we get the real pay over there in the face of Jesus. And it's so far beyond anything which we could possibly attain on earth. A lot of Christians are so busy living and stacking up on this side. They don't talk enough about the rewards on the other side. Remember, whatever we pile up on this side, we leave it here. The persecuted get rewards in heaven. Great rewards. The more you are persecuted for his name's sake, the greater the rewards in heaven. Paul started churches, wrote most of the New Testament, was beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead. Paul will get greater rewards than one who just stays in his or her lane and sings about, I don't bother nobody. I try to treat everybody the same. But every time I turn my back, someone is scandalizing my name. And then they throw a fit, miss 16 weeks of Sundays, and don't give on give the fire while at home nursing a scratch. Please, really? You expect to get rewarded? In heaven, the more licks you take for him, the more rewards laid up for you. So that's the first reason for rejoicing, because we got so much waiting for us. And then there's this second reason. He says, Blessed are you when you're persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, say falsely all manners of evil against you. Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The prophets. Samuel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jose, Joan, Nahum, Zephaniah, Haggai, Amos, Obadiah, all of them and hundreds of others unnamed are held in high esteem. They are servants of God par excellence. They were treated badly in their own day. So that puts us believers in good company. What a privilege to share in the same measure or in some measure in the lot of these great men and women of God. We're in the circle with Daniel. We're in the circle with Deborah. We're in the circle with Anna, we're in the circle with Jeremiah, we're in the circle with Isaiah. We're on the same team. What a sense of pride ought to 
flood over our souls knowing we are in great company. And for a last consideration, by mentioning the company of the prophets, Jesus is telling his followers who will be persecuted because of him, this ain't nothing new. Persecution has been around for a long time. Isn't that what he says? He says, rejoice. Know that you got great rewards in heaven because so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Persecutions been around for a long time. You're not the first. So the next time the devil's pushing you into a corner and telling you that you are alone, know two things. Number one, if you're saved, you're never alone. You always got Jesus. And number two, you're not the first and you won't be the last. I like saying that. You ain't the first and you won't be the last to be lied on, to be cheated, to be mistreated, to be misunderstood, to be misrepresented, to be hurt physically or verbally, to be non-appreciated. You're not the first and you won't be the last. Because so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. So can we just get over ourselves and get back to working for King Jesus and the kingdom? Thus concludes this nine-week, this eight-week teaching series on the best attitude the Beatitudes. I pray, God, that you've been helped. Remember, this is what Jesus says at the beginning of his preaching the kingdom ministry. After he had been freshly baptized, he goes across the lake and there he calls disciples and he calls them closer to himself than the crowd and says to them, bro, you need to get this if you're going to represent and follow me. So my question to us, Lifeliners, is did we get it? This is what Jesus says, it's this attitude we're to take into the world, the home, the church, the school, the job. This is the attitude. So don't bring no attitude. Bring the attitude, the best attitude, the be attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And wouldn't you know it, it's just in time for the holiday season.
And what a marvelous time of the year to announce and to know that it's the poor in spirit that get the kingdom. It's those who know that they are nothing without God, those who mourn, who get comforted. It's those who are meek who are going to get what God has for them. It's those who really want to know because they're thirsty and hunger for his standards that are going to be called his children. It's those who are loyal, pure in heart, who are going to see him. And it's those whose presence and power makes peace that are going to be able to be called the children of God. And lastly tonight is those of us who can take a licking, shake it off, and keep on ticking, who are going to rejoice because great is our reward in heaven and because we're in the company of prophets before us. Thus is the lesson for tonight, the word of faith I teach. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, one and all, as we conclude uh, the best attitude.